In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Do we really think about this or do we take everything we have for granted? Not only does the Lord give us all the things we need to thrive from day to day, he's made us his own by giving us his truth. Do we hear all this and do nothing or do we hear it and allow it to change us? If we hear the word of God, we must also do the word of God. In the week after Thanksgiving, let us remember whom to really thank for all that we have. Good afternoon and welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McMinney. And this weather, I woke up this morning and it was freezing cold in our house. Everybody was grumbling because I wouldn't put the heat on. And so later on this afternoon, I came outside because my pool looked as though it was kind of fast emptying. And I ran some water into it, and it was warm outside, warmer outside than it is inside our house. So I threw open all the windows, and now here I am in my sweater, and I'm hot. I've got my woolly socks on, and I should have my shorts on. It's ridiculous. Well, welcome to Texas, anyway. How are you today? That's my favorite rhetorical question of the week. I'm well, and apparently we had a good Thanksgiving, according to comments in emails from my friends who said, we saw the pictures on Facebook there were pictures. I miss out on so much by not being on Facebook, according to my Jazza buddies, but I actually spoke to a few of them this week face-to-face and gave them the opportunity to tell me their stories using the spoken word rather than the written one. I felt I was doing them a service, even if the only feedback they got from me were facial expressions. Well, over the weekend, my willing husband helped me move my desk in my study so that I now face the field and trees instead of the next door neighbor's house wall. And this required hanging my hutch from the wall because there wasn't anywhere it would sit on my desk in its new position. I'm happy now, which is all my Texan is worried about, and all my wires are carefully stashed out of the way so I can hardly see them. But it's a shame that the leaves have finally fallen because my tree view is just bare branches. But the squirrels, whom we're beginning to mildly dislike, can be clearly seen chasing each other through them. In fact, I espied three young ones racing across the top of my fence. The two behind decided to change direction and raced back along the fence from whence they'd come. And then they played hide-and-seek in the trunk of a gnarly old tree. I watched this for a moment and then wondered where the lead squirrel had got to hoping it had fallen dead from exhaustion in the heap on my lawn. Well, I was almost accurate. It had stopped and was spread-eagled along the fence, head hanging, tongue lolling, taking a welcome breather. They spend an awful lot of time in my roof chewing wood. I saw a rat in my bower foliage one week and it gave me the shivers, but not so the squirrel. I wonder why. Same rodent, pesky, verminous family. Must be the fluffy tail. 
and now they're burying their nuts in the pots I've left outside for the winter. Dig, dig, dig. They don't care that they're messing up my walkways with earth. Well, our yoga classes went well. Our 10 days for $10 are over. We took a range of classes to help us decide how we would like to include it in our lifestyle or even if we would like to. My Texan, although he should be used to the heat, found the room temperatures really challenging. After eight classes, I grew accustomed to working out in 98.6 degrees, but he found it oppressive and reminiscent of the demolition he completed at his mother's house this past August in 104 degree weather. Listen to your body, I tell him. Over the weekend, though, we took a meditation class and we both agreed it was absolutely amazing. We started out by walking around the room in a large circle, taking one step each time we inhaled and another one on the exhale. I don't know about you, but I usually don't slow down that much. It was a very slow walk. I felt light and springy and not a bone in my body ached, which is amazing because I suffer from chronic lower back pain. Then we sat cross-legged. Now, in Lectio Divino, which is a monastic meditation on the word, we're told to sit upright in a chair without anything causing pressure. So no crossed legs or ankles, hands resting ever so lightly on our thighs or our knees. So with the cross legs, immediately I began to feel pressure in my hips and knees. Well, it seemed like immediately, but by the time I decided I couldn't take any more, we were coming out of the meditation and it had been 23 minutes. I was amazed. At intervals, we were reminded to breathe our deep breaths. And I realized I was breathing really shallowly as if I were drifting in and out of consciousness without falling over. What a way to pray and draw closer to Christ. And I really need to slow down. I was saying at the beginning of this show, oh, I had 20 minutes, so I ran and I cleaned my bathroom. So I'm constantly on the go. And we're going to look at my book excerpt this week. And I am going to see how our children made friends with one another. Now, after six years of holding court from the comfort of my bed, this is where everyone imagines we homeschool, isn't it? We've come to the fundamental question that everybody asks when they discover that we homeschool. How do your children make friends? My leg gets a telltale cramp as I shift position in the bed to consider this question. I go into deep thinking mode. The inquiry causes me instinctively to stare down these well-wishers, with hundreds of friends to their credit, I suppose, who will cost me at grocery store checkouts and in libraries where homeschoolers are mostly spotted. Without an answer and unperturbed by my steely eye contact, they continue knowingly, do your children make friends? I languidly hit snooze on the alarm clock and rearrange my reclining body while I replay the scene and wonder what they think we do all day. Their persistence as I'm trying to check out at the grocery store or in the silence of the library makes my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. Can they make friends? I think they're actually enjoying their witty little comments. It's become a monologue. First off, as I mentioned before, my husband and I had decided many years ago that the only reason to have four children was to provide in-house playmates, thus foregoing the bother of having to bring young, untrained people into the fold from the outside in the sole interest of friendship. This was before we even knew there was an option to keep them out of the schools and safely away from peers. We'd not yet beta tested when they arrived at school age. Working toward that end and with the initially unplanned but undoubtedly added bonus of homeschooling, we've spent these six years grooming our captive audience. 
Whether our captors are also a willing audience remains to be seen, but we are intrepid adventures on our path to the perfect life. And like the good Boy Scout my husband was, we are prepared. The children are at home together all day, and each day blends with the next. I find, like my ageing parents, that I need a clock, which not only tells me the time, but also informs me of the day of the week and the month and the year. Thrown on each other's company most of the time, the children have become very creative and formed friendships, friendship bonds in the process. We never know what's going to be happening next in our house. From a very early age, my oldest son, Ian, loved to make films. We bought him his first video camera when he was 11 years old, and he spent many hours working out the mechanics of filming a magic trick, which involved a trunk, a closet, and his younger sisters. He had to do it in sequence because we're talking about the days before sophisticated editing machines. It was quite ingenious, and we all loved watching the finished product. Many happy hours were spent filming 007 knockoffs, X-Men adventures, Rugrats skits, Star Wars fight sequences, and Superman rescue scenes. This last was possibly the most dangerous and sophisticated. It involved adult participation because of the fearless dives from the peach tree into strong arms. The filmed action was cut just before impact to give the impression of flying. Is it any surprise that this once aspiring astronaut decided to switch majors at 14 to become a filmmaker? My second son, Simon, embraces the outdoors and encourages his siblings to follow along with his tantalizing promises of high adventure. Not surprisingly, he, his enterprises overlap his brother's filming schedules, and many times he was called upon to diversify. His voluntary education about the local wildlife took him to creek bottoms, atop trees, and through rough brush and undergrowth. His no-sense daring landed him the part of Superman. He willingly flung himself into his father's outstretched arms from the depths of our enormous peach tree, clad in the signature red underwear, a top blue sweatpants, and cape of the classic superhero. The girls unanimously declared him to be the best person to play with. They loved his inventiveness and willingness to drop everything to play. Not a good asset from a teacher's point of view, but in the interest of friendship and sibling harmony, I turned many a blind eye to watch his innovations. It was he who invented Superlata one wet, muddy day. This popular, messy game is not considered a success unless everyone ends up covered in mud. Piles of dirt are mixed from the discarded soil from abandoned summer planters. To it are added a handful of twigs, a cup of leaves and berries, and water until it reaches a satisfying pouring consistency. It is then transferred into plastic containers obtained from the kitchen cupboard and eaten with a great deal of slurping and spilling, usually over one another's heads. The creek bottoms I mentioned earlier are other places where they follow Simon blindly. Once they found a pair of inflatable rubber dinghies, which they trudged up to the house and floated in the pool since they were not allowed to venture down the rapids of the creek without permission or supervision. As fans of the outdoors, I added to our physical education syllabus, bike rides. These are relatively safe, and I am a willing and enthusiastic participant. We load the bikes onto the van when we want to go to a park with a good hiking or biking trail. In this sixth year, Malia has graduated to a larger bike, which could no longer be squeezed into the interior of the van and has to be added to an outside rack. My trusty Texan, their father has bought us another rack so that we can all take our bikes. I'm tired of trying to keep up with them at a smart-paced jog. 
a van now looks like some kind of homemade aspiring to be safari land rover with its protective barriers of bicycles on the front and rear ends it's quite like driving a mini rv once on the bike trail simon leads his intrepid followers over hill and down dale disdaining the cement pathways which i adhere to for more adventurous trails paris my oldest daughter has ridden into many a tree and in addition to scraping her hands and bashing her head against these stubborn columns of wood she's buckled two bike wheels not to be left out malia has also succumbed to nature on a damp day and wiped out on a slippery patch of undergrowth badly grazing her tummy i skinned my knee and tore up my trousers and caused two cars on the parallel road to stop and ask if i was all right when i lost it on a treacherous hairpin bend all this some more added to the adventure of playing with simon and now i need to go on a break so i'll be back in a moment How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Vision Onward is a mission. Vision Onward is passion. Vision Onward is compassion. It's God's power being shown in the world today with the guidance of the Holy Spirit through Jeff Holly and his family. And now, it's here on Toginet, Monday evenings at 9, 8 central. Vision Onward began over three years ago when Jeff and his family felt that after sitting in a church for years, they had come to a place in their faith where they were tired of sitting around and talking about their faith. They actually wanted to do something about it. So they decided to use their time, treasures, and talents that God had blessed them with to help those who have, by no choice of their own, been born into a world of poverty. So they walked away from the American dream, which they realize is actually a nightmare, so they can help others find hope in what seems to be a hopeless world. For more on Vision Onward, go to visiononward.org. This is truly a God-led adventure of the heart and humanity, making a difference for Christ. It's Vision Onward with Jeff Holly, Monday evenings at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Hi everybody, this is Pete Dix of Beatles and Beyond. You're listening to George Harrison jamming in the background here as I'm preparing the next show for you. So why don't you listen to Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix on this radio station. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. And so in our homeschool, games with real injuries and potential danger were around every corner. What more could sibling friends ask for? And I'm thrilled to welcome Gretchen Rowe this afternoon to my show. She is a user of Calvert Curriculum and also their community liaison, and she homeschools her six children and lives just outside Annapolis, Maryland. She's a busy lady, and has been fe- she's been featured on the national syndicated radio program, The Diane Ream Show, and is a regular contributor to Calvert School's online blog community. And this afternoon, we're going to talk about starting homeschooling in the middle of the academic year. But before we go there, hello. Hi, Vivian. How are you this afternoon? I'm fine, and I think you're running around doing last-minute things just like me. Did you just get home from doing something? 
I did, actually. I just had the opportunity to speak before a women's organization this afternoon, and it was a great deal of fun. So now I'm back home and in a pair of sweatpants and very happy about it. <laughs> well, good. Ready for the weekend. Absolutely. Now, um, we haven't spoken for about six months. I looked back in my notes, and June 5th or something was the last time we spoke. And if I can remember rightly, did you have another one going off to college or getting ready to go to college? I did. We packed one off in August, and uh, so I now have one college graduate and two in college and a junior in high school and an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old. So there right. no end of, um, <laughs> of craziness at my household. Well, we are gradually losing all of our people in our house because my, my youngest is just finishing up her associate's degree. She has one more semester, and she's looking at two-year schools. And my other son, who's still living at home but graduated and working, is looking to move out. And I'm looking at my husband going, okay, you see, we're going to have an empty house, so we're going to have to do something. We're going to just either have to sell or rent our house, go away for a while, because it's difficult. Empty nest is really hard, we're finding. I, you know, many of my friends say that. In fact, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, my best friend um, packed up her house and moved to Virginia. She was a longtime homeschool mom, and her children grew up and uh, moved out, and she and her husband decided they wanted to do something different, so they bought an 11-acre farm down in Virginia, and wow. they're going to go raise organic chickens and sheep. Well, wonderful, wonderful. We're a little bit we're a little bit worried about moving away, away because then we feel as though we're kind of abandoning our children. I said, you know, our kids wouldn't feel that way. If they <laughs> want to move away, they just go. You know, so <laughs> I think we're probably stuck here in this geographic area, considering um, that we have grandchildren here now, and so um, I think that we're probably here in the area for the long term. So. Well, I have my mom still in England, and we're thinking that we might for a year go and live in England. And two of my children said to me, oh, we'll be right behind you, mom. So I said to my husband, you see, that's already half the family want to come along with us. So <laughs> we've got a foot in both, you know, both sides of the Atlantic. Um, okay, so you're the latest one to go to college. How, how is, is she settling? Is it a she? It is a she. Her name yeah. is Shelby. And mm -hmm. um, she is thrilled to pieces. She is at a women's college in Nevada, Missouri. It's called Cotty College, and it oh. is an absolutely fabulous experience. She's having a ball. She's looking forward to coming home two weeks from today for the Christmas break. Good. And I have to confess that we're all very excited to see her. Um, you know, we Skype and we email and we chat on the phone and through the computer, but it's just not quite the same thing as having her here. No, no, that's right. And I think when my oldest went away, he would come home. There'd be three at home waiting for him. Well, when my youngest goes off, when she comes home, there's not going to be anybody here waiting for her except her, well, except her parents, you know, and that's kind of, well, not yeah, quite the well, same. Well, parents are different from siblings, too. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so um, she's off. And you did Calvert with your children. You, you used the Calvert curriculum. And I, I know I've asked you this question before, but let's say it again. It finishes at eighth grade. So what did you do after that? Well, we happen to live in a very um, academically rich community here in Maryland where there is the opportunity for our children to attend a homeschool high school tutorial. 
Okay. So they have actually attended a high school tutorial, although we've done some online courses with them, and they've attended the local community college, and we've been able to allow them a wide variety of academic pursuits in their high school years, mainly because I think they were really well prepared through the platform that Calvert provided them to sort of become um, embracing of their own education. Mm-hmm. So they've had a lot of a lot of fun doing a lot of different things, and I have to say, you can't you know, it's really different every time you walk through it. It's different for each child. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And so each one, now you've got two grad, two in college and one graduate. Did Do they feel as though they were adequately prepared for college? Um, you know, that's an interesting thing that you should say that because my um, eldest just brought this subject up at our Thanksgiving dinner this past week. She said she thinks that her um, homeschool academics prepared her better for college than perhaps some of her her peers. Um, she is now, she's one of the few people I know who actually decided at 15 what she wanted to do, went to college, majored in that, and is now working in her field. Okay. And um, she said she thinks that homeschooling really set her up to be prepared to goal set and achieve the goals that she set for herself. And so it was, we just recently had that conversation, do you feel like we did the right thing? And mm-hmm. so far, the three that are out of the nest all feel that that was the best, um, the best thing they could have done. In fact, I just got a letter from my 18-year-old yesterday saying how much she appreciated the time we invested in her education and how much she's enjoying her college education now. And isn't it great when they do that? Yeah, it, it is. I, it was very unexpected, and it made me cry. Of course, I'll cry at yeah. a Charmin commercial, but it was still kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. And um, one of the things that we were going to talk about was um, starting school in the middle of the academic year, because obviously with Calvert, you know, we're, we can decide in March, oh, well, let's use Calvert, and bam, right. off you go. You don't have to you know, start at the beginning of the academic year, or do you? Well, actually, no. You know, I became a homeschool parent literally overnight in the middle of an academic year because my, um, my then eldest child was told there was no need for her to memorize her multiplication tables. Okay. <laughs> and I have to say, in all honesty, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, so in perhaps ignorance was bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, but Calvert does offer enrollment, you know, all 12 months of the year. One of the things that they have started in the last couple of years, which I think is really neat, this was not something that was available to me years ago, but would be now, is if a family enrolls in December, January, February time frame, they can actually start the academic year at the midpoint if their child tests into the, the grade level. So they can begin at the 81st lesson and then go through the end of the year and receive a partial transcript for that year, which is really oh. beneficial if you don't want to, if you want to continue to march forward in the ground that you've gained in the first semester in a in a public or a private environment. Okay, I wasn't thinking of it like that. I was kind of thinking starting at lesson one, like in January or whatever, and and, and, and you know we way. do have some families that do that. Sometimes we have families that feel that their first semester was such a waste of time they want to start over mm-hmm. and sometimes we have families who will avail themselves of Calvert's testing and they'll find they're ready for the next grade so they'll mm-hmm. start at lesson one but they'll be starting at lesson one in the first grade instead of in kindergarten so yeah 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 so they can do that so um, mainly what you're what you're saying is that um, if they've enrolled with the accreditation right 
the advisory teaching yeah, service. Yeah, the advisory teaching, yeah. Okay. And but, in know, that way, they, they can continue to have a transcript. So if they find, you know, in my paradigm, and yours too, I'm sure, once you began homeschooling, you didn't see yourself as doing anything else. But there are some people who only do it for a season, and having that transcript as, as the surety that you can make a different decision the following year is sometimes very helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so... To go over this again, they would have they would test they would they would get with Calvert and say, okay, well we're pulling our child out of public school for whatever reason or, or private school for whatever reason, and um, we want to enroll with your school. And so Calvert sends them, you know, a test, and um, they do the test, and then they tell them pretty much where they can start. Or that's correct. That's yeah. correct, and that's available to families in fourth through eighth grade. Um, okay. We un- because we don't offer. Um, uh, placement testing below the fourth grade. We offer a placement assessment, but that's really a parentally graded tool. Um, We only offer the mid-year placement for families who would be utilizing um, our actual placement services. And, you know, I have to say the more I talk to homeschool families in different venues, I'm I'm amazed that Calvert is one of the few homeschool um, curriculus that actually offers the ability for a family to go through some sort of formal placement. So that's very helpful, I think. It gives you the confidence to know you've picked the right material for mm-hmm. your students' capabilities. Well, I was going to ask what sets Calvert apart from other curricula, and that would be one of those. In my personal opinion, it's really the access to the academic counselors. Um, I've always felt that they have allowed me to homeschool for myself but not by myself. And, you know, probably in the last 17 years, I think um, a couple of weeks ago my 16-year-old was doing some kind of an assignment for one of her English classes, and she had to go back through and figure out how many different curricula we had used over the past 17 years. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, Mom, she said, when I got to 20, I quit counting. Um, And I, I think, in all honesty, the only curricula I have found with the level of support that Calvert offers is Calvert School. I, I have not found, I've found and utilized other curricula that have told me they're going to offer me that level of support, mm-hmm. but I, it really hasn't been the same experience, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I was doing it, the, the teacher manuals were absolutely incredible. Yes, and you know, this year um, it's absolutely wonderful to have the opportunity to have a little objective measure of your students understanding Calvert created these things called curriculum checkpoints, which are little electronic measures of your student's progress in each of their um, component criteria every day. So once you finish teaching, for instance, geography, your student can go online and take this three to five question objective measure of whether they understood the content. And it's really nice to have that feedback to know that they understand you understand that they understand, and you can continue to march forward. It's really, um, particularly I, uh, for families who are new and and still negotiating the process of what that what homeschooling feels like. It's a real confidence builder, I think. Um, for those of you who are just joining us, I'm talking to Gretchen Rowe from the Calvert School, and Gretchen has well now four. Four or three of your six children still living at home. I only have to actually, I'm involved with schooling three of them now. I have a 16-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 5-year-old. 
Okay. And in her spare time, you, she contributes to two virtual homeschool magazines. And I have to go on a break right now, but stay tuned for more about how Calvert can meet all of your curriculum needs after this short break. And um, we'll be back, um, Gretchen, and we'll probably talk, I want to talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing for the holidays and how you make the holidays different. All right. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price. So where were you in the 1970s? Well, this Saturday morning, we're going to flash back to the 70s as we count down the classic hits with the American Rock and Roll Countdown. You'll hear news and information and stories about the artist and what was going on during the specific week that we highlight. So be sure to join us at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Saturday on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Come learn with me as the show created as much for the host as the audience. Join host Danny Walker Wednesdays at 11, noon central on Toginet.com as she invites you to get your boots on and walk through life's triumphs and troubles with her. Come learn with me as the beginning of a movement, a community filled with caring people who share information, allowing everyone to participate, gain, and grow. What works? What doesn't? Your host, Danny Walker, is a self-proclaimed student, not expert, and she'll share very candidly passions, perspectives, failures, her family's battle with illness, her restaurant inspirations to keep being a wife, parent, and more, all the while including industry experts, disease survivors, and guests to add to the mix. For more on Danny and her show, go to dannywalker.com. D-A-N-I-Walker.com. If you've ever searched high and low to find answers to sickness, disease, and debt, come learn with me and let's get our questions answered together. Come learn with me with host Danny Walker, Wednesdays at 11, noon central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, I'm back. I've just finished my cup of tea, and I'm talking to Gretchen Rowe from Calvert School. Um, Gretchen, have you had snow yet? Silly question. No, but uh, they're calling for it this weekend, so we oh. shall see. Okay, well, my, my children are very excited. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yes, you're not. You're the driver. <laughs> I don't mind driving in the snow. I have to say I love the snow as much, if not more, than my children. My pastor swears that I'm the one who causes him to have to uh, scrape the church parking lot because I pray the snow in, but uh, it's really not the truth. <laughs> well, and did I think, is your, was your father a ski instructor? He was, yes. You have a good memory. Yeah, I'm drawing, well, I'm, I'm, it's associated with snow and the fact that you enjoy snow, so I, I remember that you said that. So, Well, um, we were calling England, actually, to um, inquire about a couple of schools that my daughter was interested in, and they were closed because of inclement weather. <laughs> this was just yesterday. You know, so I was just I looking at the, the pictures of all the snow they were scraping from Heathrow Airport. Yes, amazing. I know. 
I said this to Malia yesterday when I picked her up from college and it's kind of warm here. I said, oh, it's snowing. Everything's closed in English. She said, you're kidding me. And I said, uh-uh. And there's a member of our family is getting married next weekend. You just know that all the families traveling in for that wedding are going, oh, no. Will we be because they, they literally shut all the train stations because they had a major, major accident several years ago because of snow on the rails. And so now they just go the opposite extreme and just close everything down. And you just can't get anywhere. But um, anyway, so I just wanted to ask, because I know last year when I was talking to, to you last year, you had a terrible time. You had lots of snow. We did. We did. And, you know, from it depends on your point of view. My kids thought it was awesome. That's the one downside to homeschooling is a snow day does not necessarily mean you get out of school. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Christmas, what do you do for holidays? And I'm not necessarily meaning just this year, but, you know, do you have traditions, family traditions that you do as um, every year? We do. We have several traditions that we have here, and I have to say that um, we're getting ready to – we've started our first one. Um, we have a, a wonderful book that um, is a Christmas mystery that lasts 24 days. Yes. And I've it's read, a chapter to read once, one a night. Mm-hmm. And so every night we all gather together, anybody who's home, and I have to admit that um, my 16-year-old came rushing in from work last night and said, you haven't started reading yet, have you? <laughs> so we uh, look forward to that. And then um, being of good German stock on uh, Monday, we will celebrate Chris Kindlesnacht, um, or the 6th, whenever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids will set their shoes out, and they'll get a little bit of um, uh chocolate and oranges in their shoes to celebrate that and then we really probably honestly celebrate the 12 days of christmas and we end that with a three kings day or as the germans say drei königstage and we have a big family party that night so we really have lots of fun celebrating together and this year because we have a little grandbaby it'll be extra fun he's already enchanted with the christmas tree and he thinks that's quite a great deal of fun and so they live locally. Yeah, you did say your grandchild was. They do. Yeah, so. we're really very blessed. They're about twenty-five minutes away, and we get to spend one day a week with him and his uncle, spoil him rotten, and then send him back to his poor mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, funny you should say that about the book. We used to read the Christmas mystery every single year as well, because we have um, Advent calendars. That because I was born in Germany and so I spent my first six years there and my parents bought a lot of German tradition into our family and one of them was the Advent calendar and we you know sort of open a little door every single day during Advent and so when I found that book I went oh this just feeds right in with our Advent calendar and so we would read that and they was what is it dig it oh to Bethlehem to Bethlehem that's right that's right <laughs> and there's a foreign book too it's not really even an, an English book isn't it Norwegian or Swedish I think I think I believe the author is Swedish I'm not mm-hmm. really sure we had a neighbor who gave it to us about 11 years ago and um it has really become very beloved in, in the family. And um, we had actually not read it in about three years. And so this is the first time my five-year-old remembers hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the older kids certainly remember. And um, my 18-year-old actually asked us if, over the weekend if we would Skype her in so she could listen in on the reading while we were we're doing it. So I think that's kind of cool that we can use technology in that way as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then on Christmas Day, you have the big meal. Do you do that or do you go? Well, we do. We we stretch Christmas out as long as possible. So we'll get together early in the morning and um, 
we laughingly have told our kids for years that if baby Jesus got three gifts, so will you. So <laughs> they'll get a gift in the morning, and then we'll go to church together, and then we'll come home and we'll have brunch together, and then we'll have a Christmas dinner around 6 or 7 Saturday uh, Saturday night. I think Christmas is Saturday this year, mm-hmm. that night. Um, so Christmas kind of lasts all day, and my neighbors who have sort of the frenetic Christmas holiday with everybody ripping open packages, they laugh because we'll open a package and it'll be a game and we'll think that looks like fun, so we'll play the game for a while and then we'll open another package. And So in that way, Christmas kind of takes all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did the same thing as well in our family. So it's a very, I think it's a European thing because we do a few, we do a stocking and then we'd have breakfast and go to church and walk the dog or whatever. And then we do some gifts. And then in the afternoon, my grandparents would come and they would bring a round of gifts in the afternoon. And so then we do the whole evening album brooch we have. Do you have album brooch? Um, you know, we have used to do that, and, and we stopped doing that when we decided we, that would be our Christmas dinner. I'm not quite sure how this year is going to go down. We'll have to yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, sounds as though you have um, some wonderful kind of, um, well, what I, like to, what I like to think, instead of all the gifts, is just kind of getting together and having fellowship with, with your family and your extended family and any friends that come. And we also celebrate the next day after Christmas, which is Boxing Day in England, which is the traditional day that all the um, servants got off. And so that would be their Christmas the next day. And so we celebrate that as well. Now, do you all do something special for that day? Yeah, we we do a big sort of, well, if you have family close by, you go to one side on Christmas Day and the other side on Boxing Day. I see. And then we have, it's a different kind of meal because we usually do like um, the leftovers together with, you know, all the vegetables get put in the oven or fried in a frying pan as bubble and squeak and the meat gets thrown into rice or something as a risotto or something so they don't we don't try to do a replica meal christmas pudding is usually left over so we get that again mince pies are usually left over so we get that again but um yeah we, we do that and uh, but in england christmas lasts for the whole week the shops all close you see except the major stores now don't Right. But when we went when we went home a few years ago, my parents lived live in a small town. Everywhere was closed between Christmas Eve afternoon until like January the first. Wow, it's just closed down, and a lot of offices will close. A lot of a lot of places will close because they can't get their people to come to work, so sure. they just close. And this year, with it being Saturday and Sunday, they have Monday and Tuesday off. Oh, I see. In observation of the two days. So, I mean, then it's only Wednesday and Thursday before New Year's Eve. So forget that. (laughs) Nobody's going to be working. Exactly. Especially if it's snowing. (laughs) (laughs) So, and another thing we do, we do the Boar's Head Festival here, which is an epiphany. It's a 12th night festival. Uh We do that at our church. And that's an English um, festival. So we do. We go all the way through till January the 6th, and people think we're crazy because we keep our tree up until January the 6th. You know, so. Well, my parents, because they were in uh, retail, you know, Christmas between, the time between Christmas and New Year's was frenetic um, as far as their store was concerned. So I always got my birthday presents, which is in the middle of January, underneath the Christmas tree. We rarely took our Christmas tree down to the last week of January. Yeah, I have yeah. to admit, as an adult, I'm really tired of it by then, and I want it gone after epiphany <laughs> yes that's right we, we take ours down on the sixth, but we don't put ours up until well it's going up this weekend actually because i have a party on thursday and i think well we really should put the tree up because it makes it look prettier 
<laughs> All right. So, um, well, I have to ask you: If you were born in Germany, do you have a pickle in your tree and a spider as well? No, I didn't. I haven't heard of that. What's that? Well, there's two German traditions. One that, um, if you remember, maybe 30 years ago or so, it used to be tinsel you used to put in your tree. Not many people do tinsel anymore, but tinsel is actually a holdover from a German tradition of it was considered good luck if you had a spider who spun a web in your Christmas tree, and there's a German Christmas story that talks about that. So I have a friend that years ago made me a spider. So that spider hangs in one tree, and then there's another German tradition that says you put a pickle, a dill pickle in your tree. We have an ornament that looks like a dill pickle, and um, you are supposed to hide that in your tree, and the child that finds it gets a special treat. And um, that's also considered uh, a good luck or a blessing. So we have one tree that gets the pickle, and the other gets the spider. (laughs) Well, we hide things. We hide something in our Christmas cake and in our Christmas pudding, and it's money. <laughs> you know, just a little threepenny piece, which was like a, an, a little eight-sided coin in England, or a sixpence, which was a little silver coin. But I was always so worried about biting down on that thing. I don't put anything in my, in my puddings, but we used to. We used to hide stuff, and that was supposed to be good luck, too. So. Well, we used to make a, a Three Kings cake every year until, okay. and we used to ask the children what, small thing that you would like to hide in there because whoever got the piece of cake that had that thing in there that was supposed to be good luck for the year until one of my sons decided it was a great idea to put a star wars figure in the cake Uh then we we forewent that after that (laughs) but just we're not going to do that anymore (laughs) well um what do you do particularly at calvert roundabout i mean you do you celebrate Christmas um, on your blog site? Do you talk about it or anything like that? Or you know, I think, well, actually, I'm getting ready to post a blog this next week. I have two blogs that will be posted back-to-back, and they're actually talking about learning styles. And um, uh, then after that, um, I, we were going to do um, a little bit of conversation about um, sharing different holidays with children and how to make them memorable. So mm-hmm. it won't be as oriented as much toward Christmas as it will be toward um, making uh, um, at a holiday a teaching opportunity. For instance, we have every year adopted a family, and we have, in the process of adopting that family and purchasing gifts for them, we have turned the economics of that over to the children. So they mm-hmm. have to create a budget, and they mm-hmm. have to figure out, who they're buying for and how much money they can spend and how much money they spend toward the food versus the gifts. And we've made it a, a an economic activity that allows us to bless someone else. Mm-hmm. And in that way, um, it's made Christmas a little bit more relevant for our children, but I'm sure it would be applicable to any holiday, you know, in in that sense, because we didn't want them to feel that it was all about what you got. We wanted Mm -hmm. them to feel it was more about what you gave. Well, Gretchen, I've come to the end of our time together, and you have a fabulous weekend. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas and wonderful reunion with your daughter. Who's well? Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Vivian. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And you. Bye bye. Bye.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, I was talking from, to Gretchen Rowe from the Calvert School, and if you want to um, tap into her blog on the Calvert School um, Website, just go to blog.calvertschool.org and you'll be able to read what she was talking about, um, different um, traditions for the holidays. Um, last week on my show, we talked about the um, importance of relieving stress, especially around the holidays. And if you're normal, and most homeschoolers are, you know exactly what I mean. My guest, Sandy Fowler, had some great suggestions, especially for long-term fixes. But what about those moments when you're about to explode and need a few relaxation techniques to save everyone around you from witnessing your own personal, unique meltdown? Well, you can go to her website, www.heartfilledholidays.com, and sign up for 21 quick fixes. Or I can tell you right now what I found. When things are just spiraling out of control, you know, when you're patiently waiting for that parking spot for the grocery store and someone has just turned the corner and nabbed it, or a shopper shops past you on the way to the checkout line, I'm sure you've noticed there are a lot of not-so-good citizens out there in December. Sandy says, breathe. Yes. When our blood starts to boil and we start to hyperventilate, we forget to do the most important thing for our bodies, breathing. 
Sit in your car or wherever you are and close your eyes, but don't do this if you're driving, and breathe slowly for one minute. This will bring everything back into perspective and give you the energy to find another parking space. And if you really can't calm yourself down enough to breathe slowly, express yourself, Sandy says. Let out a hard, fast yell in the privacy of your closed-windowed car at the person who just gazumped you. It releases the adrenaline and is good for your health. Bottling up our feelings is mega bad for us and may embarrass us in the future. Heaven forbid we may lose our calls over a really minor infraction with someone we really weren't that angry with in the first place. Oops. Laugh, Sandy and lots of others say. However, when I'm in the depths of stress, sometimes I don't want to laugh. But trust me, laughing is good. I've just listened to my very stressed daughter who's bogged down with finals and burdened with her future. Hoot! for 30 minutes with her father. Don't know what they were watching, but it put her in a much better mood, which is good for everyone. In fact, she's a naturally laughy person. We went and played racquetball the other day, and the two of us were useless, but we giggled a lot. She decided that the laughter, not the game, was going to be the exercise, and she was right. Then there's the get moving stress reliever. Just get up and do something, be it exercise, a walk, or moving furniture, which is my all-time favourite way to ease away those furrows in my brow. When I first started doing this at about age eight, I didn't know I was helping myself. All I knew was I enjoyed the feeling I got when my room looked different. A good, deep massage is good for calming the nerves. So they say. They being my husband and friends. If you can stand the rubbing, which I personally can't. I asked my blue-eyed cowboy, though, he'd happily have a massage every day. And if a faithful furry pet resides with you in your home, stroke it. We all know the benefits of getting up close and cuddly with your dog or cat. They love it, you love it, and your heart loves it. Want to live longer? Get a strokeable pet. And if you're a list person like me, and if you're not, how do you keep your life together without a list? Or do you keep your life together? Anyway, when the list starts to get too long and unwieldy and is just increasing your blood pressure, ditch it. How important is anything on it, really? Unless you have to pick up a child. But I've been known to forget that too. Hey, they live to tell the tale, but will you live it down? Of course, your mom, you're allowed to have minor lapses. Maybe forgetting your daughter is not a minor lapse. Oh, well. When you can't find that perfect gift, either online or in person, and you're fit to be tied, take a break and get dirty. How attractive does that sound, especially in the cold and sometimes the dark, which tends to coincide with the end of the day when tethers get stretched a little too far? If you can't get outside and have a good old roll in the mud or rake leaves, mow or demolish buildings, which my hubby just did, I bet you could find a bathtub to clean or a floor to mop. Swinging an axe at a tree is a great stress reliever, but then so's hand beating a dozen eggs. My grandmother made all her cakes by hand. No electric mixer for her. She had a really strong arm and a light touch and lived a long life. This is my favourite one. When all the kids are demanding to be heard at once, disappear. When you can, ex- when you can extricate or say that word, yourself from the grip of your family or the press of the crowded mall or the traffic jam on that freeway, take an hour to pray, walk the labyrinth, light a candle at church or at home. If you can take a day trip or get away for a weekend or even for the week like I did with my writing group, all the better. 
arrange to go on a church retreat or for the immediate go to see a movie even with the family or have lunch with a friend you can vent to the most important of all of the stress evasion list is to say no it's a word connected to an action but not yet don't let your automatic yes become an action unless you really feel it behooves you to do something else in your already wildly busy day practice that little word no 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 hey we can combine the relief too if you have a couple of hours say round about midnight how does this sound Take a warm, scented bath, lit by candles, sip a glass of wine, listen to soft music, eat a chocolate or two, dream about where you'd like to go on vacation, relax, unwind and doze. Ah, go to Sandy's website, get them all. Her gift to you this Christmas. Thanks, Sandy. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about my son a bit because he gets fed up with me talking about my daughter. He looks after the hoof stock at the Dallas Zoo and he's been working with the herd of Ibex. There are 14 of them and for the moment the breeding pair, Romano and Cuddles, the male, and their two kids, Monty and Jack, get the cheese theme except for Cuddles, probably named before the cheese theme, you think? Yep, this little cheesy family have been separated from the rest of the herd because of behavioural problems. Yes, it happens in zoos as well as in schools. The kids are small. One is cute, that's Monty. The other is a skittish little fellow who thinks he's going to be slaughtered every time Simon approaches. Well, of course, we don't really know what's going on inside Jack's head, but he acts as if Simon's going to single-handedly throttle the living daylights out of him every time he comes near. He does this thing called pinging which occurs in the confines of his pen or on the outside exhibit jack really doesn't care where he is he's not much bigger than a greyhound so doesn't need much space in which to do his party trick the other day simon was in the stall adjacent to where jack was hiding from him i'm serious Silibex is dead scared of my son and he heard him revving up his little hooves thundering against the concrete and dirt ground rather like those toy cars that you pull firmly across the floor to rev up the wheels before letting go Simon braced himself for the onslaught or display depending on whether he got hit in the pinging episode and waits for Jack to come galloping through the adjoining gate at top speed and proceed to ping which means bouncing off the walls Jack did this three times along the length of the stall and then ran helter-skelter straight for my son, who had to duck to avoid being hit full on. As it was, he was scraped by one of Jack's tiny hooves, still hot from the, from the momentum, as he flew past at the speed of light. He pinged a couple more times before, become, before coming to a frightened standstill against a dead end. Oh, Simon makes his job sound so exciting. Our garage door broke again. We've nursed it along for 26 years. It's one of those old, solid wood doors. Having replaced springs several times with moderate success, these are massive contraptions, and they need a professional strongman to come out and wrestle them off and replace them. I can't even imagine what would happen if one popped off while it was being worked on. Anyway, I don't know if I told you, but while we were in Costa Rica, the door conked out again. So instead of having the spring actually replaced... Our regular strongman suggested clipping it together, sort of patch job, which he said could last as much as nine years or as short a time as two months. Well, it lasted about two months. Now we've decided to invest in a new garage door. So Merry Christmas, darling. Guess what Santa's bringing you for the holidays? 
my poor Texan went out to find the best deal installed and was told it could take up to three weeks for delivery. So we sit with our garage door open all day and at night we shut it when our two car cars are at home and the children use the front door having finally found the key because we actually never use the front door that thing is heavy and the other night a window broke as we were manhandling it into the up position so that we could park our car 11 o'clock at night saw the McNenny parentals sweeping and blowing out minute slivers of glass so that we didn't have a secondary negative effect from the shards flat tires As my hubby remarked, that wasn't fun at all. At least it happened to us and not to one of our offspring. Glass would have been left everywhere. You know how it shatters and spreads. Or worse, our beauty sleep could have been disturbed. Well, the installer strongman came early last week, just before Thanksgiving, to measure for the new door. Hopefully, next week we will once again look like everyone else on the blog. Then we should be set for another 26 years. Well, I wear contact lenses, and the last time I went to my optician, he persuaded me to try the soft ones, even though I prefer my gas permeables. And um, he prescribed actually both my hard and soft lenses. But I have a problem with my soft lenses. Um, apparently, they're supposed to be saucer-shaped when resting in a resting position on my index finger. Well, quite honestly, as an English person, both ways resemble some kind of saucer that I've come across in my lifetime. So he said, my husband said to me, if you put your lenses in inside out, it'll just pop out. So don't worry, just reverse it and try again. Wrong. I've discovered that I can indeed wear both my contact lenses inside out all day without them escaping. And Consequently, I'm not at all happy with the quality of vision, of course. So the other day, I asked my husband to come and actually help me look at my contact lens to make sure that I did have it in the right way, which I didn't. And so now, hopefully, I can wear my contact lenses continually the same way around. But that's why I prefer my hard contacts, because they just don't go inside out. They're just rigid. And I have used up another whole hour. So I will bid you farewell for this week. And I'm off to Malia's dance recital this evening. And we're going to put up our tree this weekend and go to see a play on Sunday afternoon. I still haven't transferred my family video onto DVD, maybe tomorrow. Thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children, who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Togginet Radio, my guest Gretchen Rowe, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah and St. John's, Ali Lepreet, host of This Little Parent Stayed Home is coming up next on Togginet Radio, so don't go away. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Numbers 6, 24 through 26. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginet.